0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters. It is indeed a pleasure to have the privilege of of sharing the word with you again um, this Sunday. And my the title of my message to you this morning as you saw earlier, is it is no as it was. It is no as it was. And I'm going to be speaking to you on the story of the Shunammite woman and the first reading, Of the scriptures will come from 2 Kings 4. And I'll be reading the New King James from the New King James Version. And we'll be reading 1st verse from verse 11 to 26. And it reads as follows And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you've been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to, to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, What then is there? What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elijah had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was, when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. So here we read the familiar account of the Shunammite woman, a, a, an account in scripture that we're all probably very familiar with. And we know that she's been hosting and serving the man of God, Elisha. She had made space in her home to accommodate him and Elisha wanted to do something for her in return. Gehazi mentioned to Elisha that she had no son. And so Elisha pronounced a blessing on her that she'd have a son. And she objected, suggesting that Elisha was lying to her. But however, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. How many of us this morning can identify with this Shunammite woman? Faithfully serving God and at the same time, having a lack or a need that remains unmet. Her husband was old. So in the natural it appeared impossible for her to now have a child. And although in those days it was was an honorable thing for women to bear sons, she rejected Elisha's pronouncement. And I imagine that perhaps that was so because she didn't want to build up her hopes, but she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And the scripture didn't say anything about the son being sickly or anything like that. So I reasonably conclude that the son was growing up quite fine. But then one day, all of a sudden, he became sick. When the servant took the boy to his mother, verse 20 said that he sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. The scripture didn't say what she did or what she tried, but picture yourself as a mother with your son in your lap, sick and dying. I imagine that as a mother, you would want to do, try anything you could, everything you could, to save this child's life. A mother would not just sit there simply waiting for her child to die and do nothing. So she perhaps would have done all she could, but still the boy died. And what struck me with this scripture is that after the boy died, she did not panic. She left and she prepared to go to see Elisha when her husband remember the boy was dead but her husband asked her how is she Oh, what is what's happening and she said it is well she pronounced a statement it is well and even when Gehazi went to her and he asked how is your husband how are you how is your child and what was her response still her response still was it is well everything is all right Remember, her son was dead. He died in her arms, but she declared, it is well. This Shunammite woman was speaking as if the son had already been raised from the dead. She didn't know what Elisha was going to do. She just knew that he had the anointing of God and was able to do something about her her dead son. Are you in that position today? Like the Shunammite woman, you've been blessed but that blessing has died in your arms. You're hoping and praying for something, but you're getting to the point where your hope is dying or has died. So when your hope is dead or your promise is dead, the first question I want to ask you this morning is what do you say? The woman declared it is well over a dead situation. She said, everything is all right. She was speaking about the future in the present as if it was in the past. I want you to catch that. She was speaking about the future in the present as if it was in the past. She was speaking about her son's future in the now as if it had already happened. She had such faith that God would move on her behalf that she was declaring it is well. In other words, she was declaring that my son is okay. And if she's declaring that my son is okay, she's declaring that my son is alive. As far as she was concerned, her son was already raised from the dead. She was declaring it is now as it was. It is now as it was. Though in the now he is dead, I am declaring that he is alive. So what are you declaring over your situation? For some of us, it may not even be as desperate as a Shunammite woman. It may be that our situation is dying or appears to be dead, but it's not quite dead yet. But do you speak as she spoke or do you speak death and hopelessness? Is it your marriage that is dead? Is it your health? that you're struggling with? Is it your finances that appear to be dead? Is it your job that you're struggling with? Or is it your dream of achieving more in life, whatever that means and represents? What about your life can you identify within the story of the Shunammite woman? For her, the birth of her son was a blessing that she never expected. He was growing up fine, but then he died. What is it the Lord has blessed you with? And for a time it was healthy. For a time it flourished. For a time it was great. But then all of a sudden, it is dying or it is dead. Are you going to speak into that situation with a posture of it is now as it was, declaring health and wellness back into it before it even manifests in the natural Even though the Shunammite woman had witnessed her son die, even though he died on her lap, her faith kicked in to gear and gave her the confidence to speak of the future in the present as if it was already done. For her, it is now as it was. So will you speak with that degree of faith and confidence over your situation? That is my question to you this morning. What will you say about your situation that is dead or is dying? And as you ponder that, the second question I want to ask you this morning is, what do you do? So let us revisit the scripture that we read earlier. And I want us to focus first on verses 21 to 25 of the chapter. And it reads, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. Then she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. She saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. Now we pick up from verse 27. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Dehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him, but lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives, and as your servant, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Look at what happened here. When the boy died, the mother's focus was directed to a solution. She picked him up and put him on Elisha's bed. Then she went to seek out the man of God who she knew had the power and anointing of God. She took him to a place on Elisha's bed where she knew if there was any chance of him coming back to life, that was the place to be. And when she went to see Elisha and Elisha gave instructions to Behazi to go and lay his staff on the board, the woman even having heard those instructions decided she was not leaving Elisha's side. Remember, her son was dead. Put yourself in her position. If it were you, wouldn't you probably have been wondering, but how is this going to happen? How is the servant going to lay the staff? Which position is he going to put it in? How long will it take? And out of that curiosity, you would be quick to go with the, the, the servant to see what he was going to do with the staff over your dead son. All these questions would probably be flooding our minds and anxiety and curiosity would cause us to move with the servant. But what did she do? She said to Elisha, I will not leave you. She was not focused on the whole. She knew the anointing and power was in Elisha and she was determined to stick with him no matter what. What do you do with that thing in your life that is dead? Yes, I asked you first, what do you say? And maybe you do speak life into it. But after that, after that, the second question I'm asking is, what do you do? Where have you placed that which is dead? Too often we get distracted by the things around us. We run to friends and we run to family. What do you think about this? Boy, this is going on, you know. Give me your opinion and we don't like what we hear from one person we go to another person and then we go to the next person and the next person until we are in utter confusion the shunammite woman knew that not even her husband who was a child's father could help imagine that she declared to the man it is well she never told him what was happening the man knew that the boy was sick because he's the one who sent the servant to take the boy to the child but she was not concerned about having any discussion with with her husband. Why? Because she knew her, the answer did not lie in the husband, but the answer lie in the man of God who had the power and the anointing of God. And so she went searching for the man of God. She told the servant, "Do not slacken your pace unless I tell you." So my question this morning: Where do you turn in trouble? Is it to the friends and the family and getting opinions and and pondering and wondering and processing all the thoughts and the what-ifs and the ifs and the could-haves and maybe and should-haves in your mind? Or do you go to the source? Psalm 9 verses 9 to 10 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. After the Shunammite woman reached Elisha and he gave his servant instructions to lay the staff. As I said before, she was not concerned about the hole. How many times do you get caught up in the hole? How is God going to fix this? I had a similar situation before and he worked it out this way. So, so you lock God into a box and you say, well, if he, if he, if he doesn't work it out this way, then, then you start panicking and you start losing faith. And you put God in this box and say, this is the only way he can work because this is what he has done before. She wasn't concerned about the whole. Elisha said, lady staff, she didn't care if he made right side up, upside down to the right, to the left, north, south, east, west. She was concerned about sticking to the man of God who had the power and the anointing of God. To move in her situation, <coughs> excuse me. Too many of us are concerned about the whole. Too many of us are concerned about the strategy. God will choose to work how He chooses to work. That is not our concern. Our concern. Our job is to simply focus on Him and seek after Him. The Shunammite woman stuck with Elisha because she knew. That was where the power was. And I cannot imagine that she didn't feel the emotion of losing a son. She was human. Her flesh must have felt the pain of the loss and she must have been mourning because it says in verse 28, she said to Elijah, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I I not say, do not deceive me? So in other words, that is suggesting that she was feeling the pain of the loss. Because here it is, she got something that she didn't ask for, and it it died in in her lap. But she did not allow those emotions to cause her to panic. And we're human, so we will feel the emotions. We'll feel the hurt and the pain of the loss. We'll feel the emotion of whatever it is that we're going through. If you're going through a struggling relationship, you will feel emotions from the hurt that comes with that. If it is a failed business, you will feel the pain. If it's a bad marriage, you will feel it. Or the loss of your home or sickness in your body, physical, actual physical pain, you will feel it. If it's a loss of your job or difficulty with your children, you will feel it. You will feel the emotions of that experience. But what do you do with that? The Shunomite woman went beyond the emotions to proclaim life over what was dead. She declared it is well, even though in the know the child was dead. And I want us to, to go back to the scripture to see what happens after Elisha gave instructions to the servant to go and lay the staff on the boy, the boy's face. Remember, the last thing she said was that she was not leaving Elisha. And so verse 30 said, so he went with her. So let us pick up from verse 31. And it reads, Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child has not awakened when Elisha came into the house, there was a child lying dead on his bed. He went in therefore, shut the door behind the of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm he returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. I saw nothing in the scripture that said, God promised the Shunammite woman's son long life. It simply said that Elisha spoke over her, told her that this time next year, you will give birth to a son. And she gave birth to a son. Nothing said that I've seen that she was promised, her son was promised long life. But this Shunammite woman was bold enough to extend her faith to believe that his death was not the final chapter. The situation that you're now facing may seem so overwhelming. It may seem so impossible. But my challenge to you this morning, if like the Shunammite woman, you trust God to do what only he can do, you will like the Shunammite woman be able to pick that situation up that situation that God will bring life back into that was dead before he and only him can bring life back into what appears to be dead or what is dead and when that happens he and only him will get the glory so will you position yourself so that he is glorified glorified in your struggle glorified in your pain glorified in your hurt, glorified in your loss? And further than that, can you extend your faith to believe that God has given you the victory over your situation? You already have the victory over your situation. It's just that it has not yet manifested in the natural. If you're able to catch that this morning, it will enable you to speak of your future in the now as if it has already happened. And you can declare it is now as it was. And I want us to take this a little further. And I want to use time zones as an analogy. And if I'm not mistaken, Australia, I believe, is the first country in the world to celebrate New Year. So when you're watching the New Year's Eve celebrations, Australia is usually the first country that is featured. And so when Australia on January 1 this year was celebrating the start of 2022, it was about 2 p.m. December 31 in some parts of the U.S. and in, in Jamaica. But nobody, catch this, nobody can say to someone in Australia that it was not yet New Year's for them. New Year's had come in Australia. It was irrefutable that it was January 1, 2022 in Australia, although January 1, 2022 had not yet come in the U.S. or in Jamaica. Let us use another analogy. My birthday is June 7. And last month, on June six, at 8.10 p.m. Jamaica time, I got a WhatsApp from Pastor Ava, who was in Kenya. And I quote from her WhatsApp it is June 7 here, so happy birthday. My June 7 in Jamaica had not yet come. But again, I could not dispute the fact that it was June 7 for her in Kenya. What is the point I'm making? The point I'm making here is that earthly time zones mean nothing to God. In our here and now, it may still be December 31 or June 6, but for God, january 1 and june 7 have already come it's just that we haven't stepped into that yet today the shunammite woman's son was dead but her faith said the future had already come and in god's timing she was declaring that it is now as it was because the future in her mind was already past whatever your situation is in the now, trust that the solution has already happened in God's timing. And so I'm challenging you this morning to be bold enough to speak about your future in the present as if it is your past. Will your posture be to say it is now as it was? And as I researched the, the time zones, I found out that the lines of longitude are the times of demarcation. I am sure I learned this in geography at some point in school, but it it was refreshed as I researched this. And so wherever a line of longitude falls, that is where the time zones change. And there are 24 time zones in the world. Lines of longitude we know go from the top of the globe to the bottom of the globe, from the North Pole to the South Pole. Now, catch this, as I was doing this, I said "But if the lines of longitude represent the time zones and where a line of longitude falls, time zones change. And if the lines of longitude converge at the North Pole and at the South Pole, and anywhere across the line of longitude, time zones change, which is GMT, UTC, ECT, CST, whatever, we know them. What is the time at the North Pole? And what is the time at the South Pole? Because if they converge here and the time zones are supposed to be changing along the vertical, but they all meet up here and they all meet down here, then what is the time up here? And what is the time down here? And the research says that both the North and the South Poles of the Earth are outside the boundaries of an official time zone. Imagine that. I'll read that again. Both the North and the South Poles of the Earth are outside the boundaries of an official time zone. And as such, they are considered to be in all time zones. At the North Pole, 24 time zones collide at a single point, rendering them meaningless. It is simultaneously all of the Earth's time zones and none of them. It continues to say there is no standard time zone on the North Pole and the South Pole. And although we know that nobody lives on the North Pole or the South Pole, explorers do visit both poles. And the research says that anyone who visits, whether the North Pole or the South Pole, can choose any time zone they want. Imagine that, you can pick whatever time you want because the time converged here, so time means nothing. I was floored when I read this. And the analogy I'm drawing from this is that we on earth are positioned somewhere along the continuum of the lines of longitude. We're confined to a specific time zone. But I'm encouraging us this morning to recognize that time means nothing for God. Psalm 95, verse 3 to 4 says, For the Lord is great. The Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth. Acts 17, 24 says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of the heaven and the earth. My conclusion from that, he controls everything as we know and he controls time. So what is 2 p.m. for us here in Jamaica or in the U.S. on December 31 or, or is, is, is already New Year's Eve, January 1 in Australia? What for me, is 6 p.m. Jamaica time on June 6 is already June 7 in Kenya it is already my birthday in Kenya it's just because i am in jamaica why well, i'm not celebrating my birthday yet but i don't have to be in kenya for somebody in kenya to celebrate my birthday because it is my birthday in kenya i can't i can't i can't tell pastor eva but. Is not my birthday yet. It is my birthday in Kenya. And, 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 and so I don't have to be physically there for what has happened in Kenya to happen. You don't have to be physically experiencing the manifestation of that miracle in your life for it to have happened. It has already happened in the realm of the spirit because time means nothing to God. It's just that you have not stepped into that yet. You have not yet, it has not yet manifested in your reality yet. And so this morning, I want to say, let us be like the Shunammite woman. She knew that her in her time zone, her son was dead. But in God's time zone, her son was alive. So my encouragement to you today is to speak and act in your know concerning your future. As if it is in your past. Let us like the Shunammite woman. Not be distracted by the reality of the now. Sister Tamara in our exhortation this morning. Encouraged us to keep focused on God. Know where your help comes from. Know where your answer comes from. So we won't start sinking as Peter did. When he stepped out on the water. Keep focused on God and recognize that it's God and only God that can bring back to life what is dead in your life. Let us first speak with the confidence as the Shunammite woman did, declaring it is well. Whatever the state is, whatever your know is, declare it is well. Declare that your situation is alive. Though in the know it appears dead or it is dead, speak as if it is already alive our present has already happened in god's future so let us declare it as if it is our past and let us stop being hung upon the dead situation lay your situation on elisha's bed and speak life over it speak as if elisha has already laid on the situation and it has come to life the song one of the songs that sister tashina played this morning says the spirit of the lord is here the atmosphere is changing now is that your posture is that your posture this morning that your atmosphere is changing because the spirit of the lord is where you are what are you doing to shift the atmosphere over your situation what are you speaking over your situation What are you declaring over what is happening in your life now? If someone asks you, how is your daughter? Your declaration should be, it is well. How is your marriage? Your declaration should be, it is well. How is your health? Your declaration should be, it is well. How are the house payments going? Your declaration should be, it is well. How are your car payments? Your declaration should be, it is well. How is your job? Your declaration should be it is well because you know the God whom you serve and you know the power that lies in your God. Don't go chasing after opinions and and harboring all different kinds of negative thoughts. Declare it is well over your situation. Because you know the power that is in the name of the God that you serve. You know the power that is in the name of Jesus. The, the, the song, one of the songs this morning says, His name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. It breaks every stronghold, it shines through the shadows, it burns like fire. Shout Jesus from your mountain, shout Jesus in the street. Shout Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, over every situation that you're facing this morning that is dead. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus for your family. Shout Jesus for your mortgage. Shout Jesus for your your health. Shout Jesus for your car payment. Shout Jesus for your children. Shout. Speak the holy name of Jesus over your situation because that is where the power lies. And when we shout the name of Jesus, when we go to the source as the Shunammite woman did, going to Elisha because she knew that was where the anointing was, we will see transformation and we will see change. And so this morning, as I wrap up, as I close, it's not a long message because I want to, I want you to spend some time. As a matter of fact, it's not even what I wanted. This is all the Holy Spirit gave me, and this is all I'm going to deliver. So as I wrap up this morning. Let us declare it is now as it was. Speak that over your situation. That is my encouragement. And that is my challenge to us this morning. And this message this morning is is, is not a feel-good message. It's a message that requires a response. And so it may be that you're listening and you find yourself despondent and hopeless because your situation is dead. Or your situation is dying. And you may need to increase your faith to be in a position to declare it is now as it was. Or it may be that you have extended your faith and you believe God is able to bring back what is dead to life. But then you get distracted. You have taken your gaze off God who can bring change to your situation. And you have now gotten concerned about the whole. You've locked God into a box and decided that this is the way he should work. And if he doesn't work this way, you're going to panic. So you could be in any one of those two categories this morning. Or it may be that you have listened to this message this morning, but you do not have a relationship with the God that we talk about. You have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Here is an opportunity this morning for you to respond to the call. There is no time like the present. And so I want to pray with us this morning. I want to pray, whichever category you fall into, I want to pray for us this morning as I close. So, Father, Lord, I thank you for your word that was delivered this morning. And mighty God, I pray that your sons and daughters who have heard your word, those who may be listening to this word in the future on on Mixella or on YouTube. Father, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will bring to life what is applicable in this word for that particular individual. Lord, I pray that you will open their eyes that may be, may, may, may be clouded this morning, Father, to the reality of what their situation is and not recognizing that this is their posture in this situation. A posture that is saying that my situation is dead and I'm going to give up. A posture that is saying that my situation is hopeless and I'm going to give up. A posture that is saying, okay, I may extend faith to believe that God can bring this back to life. But but, but they've gotten distracted. We've gotten distracted, Father, and we're, we're looking on different things different people for solutions or what we may be saying Lord this is the way you have worked in the past and so we've locked you in a box. Father I pray for those of us this morning who may fall into any of those categories. Father I pray for those of us who may be like the Shunammite woman who have looked to you, who have gone to you the source of this this, this power and and the ability, Father, to bring back to life what is dead. There may be those among us this morning who, Father, who have kept our gaze on you and have not been distracted, but we're still in that position, Father God, of waiting for that dead thing to come back to life. Father, I pray for each and every person this morning, whichever category they may fall into, God. And I pray, Lord, Father, that he will visit us afresh this morning. Father, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, will bring, Father, that revelation, God, this morning. That whatever this, the, the three categories we may fall in, Lord, that we'll recognize, Lord, that it is you and only you that can bring back to life. It is you and only you that can keep our faith and our hope alive as we wait. It is only you and it is you and only you, Father God, that can resurrect what appears dead. So, Father, I pray that you will meet us individually this morning at our point of need. Oh, God, help us that our faith will be increased if our faith is waning. Lord, help to restore hope. If- There is hopelessness this morning, Father. Lord, help us this morning to keep our gaze on you if we are distracted. Help us this morning, Father God, to continue to wait patiently, Lord God, recognizing that what we are waiting for has already happened in your time zone. God, we're just awaiting the manifestation here in the natural. Father, for those who may be listening that do not know you as Lord and Savior, Father, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will bring conviction. Lord, and that there'll be that recognition, Lord Jesus, that time waits on no man. There have been so many deaths this week, Father, even now today they're preparing to lay to death that family of five. No, nobody could have predicted the night before that that would have been the outcome the next day. God, I pray, Lord, that whomever is listening this morning that does not yet know you as Lord and Savior will come to know and accept you as Lord and Savior in the here and now. Lord, that whatever it is they're struggling with, God, that they'll recognize that it is only you, Lord, that is the solution. They may be looking to the left and to the right, to the east and to the north and to the south. Lord God, but the solution comes only from you. So I pray this morning, Father, that their knees will bow and their tongues will confess you as lord and savior and if that is you this morning that is missing that you have not yet accepted jesus as your lord and savior i'm going to invite you to say the sinner's prayer and i don't need to hear it god is hearing it so if you are listening i encourage you to open your mouths and speak this aloud wherever you are this morning dear lord jesus i know that i'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. And if you're listening this morning, I encourage you to drop us a line. Give us a call, 469-033. Help me out somebody, please. Uh, um, 469-333-0397. Thank you, Sister Tamara. Or you may send us an email, newhorizonmin at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you have just committed your life to the Lord, we welcome you into fellowship with us here at at NLH. So please give us a call. Send us an email and we will reach out to you. We'll be in touch with you. We We will partner with you. We will disciple you to grow in the Lord. So I thank you. This morning for listening to the word and I pray that this word will bring transformation as Pastor Ava said that it will not be just to hear but we will allow the word to penetrate us and to bring the change that is required as we go in our walk with God.